Welcome to the Northridge Vineyard Podcast. We're a real community of people who are passionate about pursuing God and growing in our relationship with Him. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information and other resources, please visit northridge.org.au. Morning, everybody. This is an odd thing for a Scotsman to do. Take tissues up to the lectern because our, t- our tear ducts are actually surgically removed at birth and um, crying is alien to us. However, I am a redeemed Scotsman, so I might cry from time to time. God is in a good mood this morning. His thoughts towards you are beyond number. His desire for you and for you to succeed is beyond your imagination. He is particularly relaxed this morning now that his flock have stopped rushing around buying presents and preparing food and putting on weight, and he's here to bless. This is the last Sunday of the year, and traditionally it's a time for reflection and moving forward. And I thought, why change that? So, it's going to be a little bit interactive this morning. It's not going to be interactive between you and me, or you and one another. It's going to be interactive between you and Father. Because I disbelieve that God wants to do some things in us this morning, which are a little, maybe, unusual. So the first thing is just a short term of reflection. Could you go to the next slide, please? Psalm 77, verses 11 to 15 says, now that's a useless thing down there. You can't make it out. You know, it's just, I forgot my glasses. I don't wear glasses, and I still can't read it. (laughs) I shall remember the deeds of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all your work and muse on your deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your strength among the peoples, and you have by your power redeemed your people. So just in terms of reflection, I thought, well, maybe I'd get my journals out. I've got two journals. One is from 2001 for two weeks when I went on a short-term mission with Gabby and Kate and Kath Henry to Thailand. And it makes really interesting reading, but it's old. The other one is from 2006 when I did a counseling course. Um, But that one's not really valid either because I cheated. I had to do it for the course, and I filled it in once a month, and to be honest, I made some of it up, and let's not go there, and please don't tell anybody. My one regret in terms of journaling is that I have not kept a record of the words that God has spoken over my life. That's my one regret. So what I'd like us to do now is just take two minutes and just ask the Holy Spirit to come and for us to reflect over the past 12 months, Two years, four years, ten years, fifty years, however long you want to reflect over. And just have a think about the good things and the tough things, maybe, that have happened in your life. So let's just do that. Isn't it amazing how long two minutes is? I actually cheated then, I cut it down to 90 seconds because I was getting bored. In my reflections, I've been lived for the last four years in Fiji, 80-90% of my time. And as I reflect across the last four years of my life, 
They saw some amazing things and learned some amazing things. I saw a Muslim friend, a Muslim friend, healed of a congenital heart disease and chronic fatigue syndrome, like that. And as I prayed for her, the Holy Spirit came upon her in an amazing way. She shook, she shivered, she shaked, and she got healed. On another occasion, I was up at a resort, and you know those aqualung things that people have? They were filling the dive boat up, and they dropped a full bottle on a girl's big toe and crushed it. The whaling went on for 15 minutes. And I'm sitting there, and I look down at the boat, and there's hundreds of people down there, so that, and that's fine. And they bring this girl up, and they sit her down about 10 feet away from me, and she's still crying and stuff, and I say, what would Jesus do? He'd probably go out to his bury, have a cup of tea, and pray for her, and hope that everything was okay. So I went over, and to cut a long story short, her toe was completely and totally healed, like that which was just as well, because the nearest hospital, if you could call it hospital, was over three hours away. I've regularly been able to share the gospel with Hindus and Muslims and Christians, and it's been such an amazing time. I learned what the words Jehovah Jireh meant. I had the opportunity to look after a close friend who got really ill in Fiji, and that was really one of the highlights of my time there, for the whole four years there. And at home, there was an amazing, miraculous healing in my own family. And those were things that God did which were really good. But at the same time, there were some really hard things. It was really hard living away from my family, from my wife, and, and from this family. And it was really hard living alone. I'm, not really, I'm really bad at living alone. I wasn't built to live alone. I'm like Adam. I needed my wife, but she wasn't there, and that was life. And can you put the next slide up, please? And there's a, this is a slide I've stolen. I've stolen this slide from Lucy Well. With her permission, I hasten to add. Now, if I'd drawn the left-hand slide, I'd have put a few Big Dipper. What's that thing called? The old, sorry, roller coaster. It'd be more like a roller coaster for me. And I would have said that was an accurate representation of my, my journey. But when Lucy put it up, she said, that's what we expect, but often it turns out to be like on the right, where sometimes we just don't know where we're going, where sometimes we feel like we're going away from where we should be going rather than towards where we should be going. And I thought, well, maybe I could simplify that, because that looks a bit, bit extreme to me. Maybe just put a couple of loops in. And as I sat and thought about it, and I looked at some of the situations in my life, I said, no that actually quite accurately reflects some of my path. And you know, Lucy's message was that even though it's like that, God is in it. God is involved in it. And I have to say that's my testimony as well. That sometimes I have felt like I have not known which way's up. I felt like I'm going away from where I should be going and, and all the rest of it, but God has been there with me, working it out with me. A few weeks ago, a few months, a couple of months ago, you know, we're taught that God's with us every moment of every day, and that he wants to be intimately involved and active in our lives. Well, sometimes I don't feel that. Quite often I don't feel that, to be honest. And um, sometimes it's a struggle. 
And I was sitting down having this conversation with God one morning, saying, Father, how involved are you really in my life? And there was no response. So that was a good thing, you know, really involved, no response. A few days later, I was on a plane. I was, I was traveling down to Melbourne to help my daughter move house. And I'm on the train, I'm reading a book, I'm on the 10 o'clock flight, 20 to 9, there's a little thing comes up on my phone saying, your flight is boarding. I thought, well, that's a bit early. And then I had one of those oh God moments, you know, oh God, it's a 9 o'clock flight, I'm at Wynyard, 25 minutes to get to, I'm not going to make it. And I'm sitting there thinking, and I've got a frequent flyer flight, so it's not easily changeable. And I'm thinking, oh, what do I do now? And my phone went. Now, it was no caller ID, and I usually just flick those, because they're usually telemarketers. But I answered this one and said, hello. And they said, hello, Mr. McKenzie, this is Qantas. We're really sorry, we've overbooked your flight, and would you mind getting the 10 o'clock flight? And I said, oh, let me think about that. No, no, that, that's fine, that's fine, yes. Not a, I've been flying Qantas for 25 years. I have done hundreds of flights with Qantas. They have never, ever phoned me before. I get to Melbourne Airport, and I'm standing waiting for my hire car to come. And um, my phone goes off. No caller ID. So I think, oh, well, just answer it. Hello, Mr. McKenzie, this is Qantas. Can you just check that you've got the right cabin baggage? And I looked, and it was identical to mine, but it just didn't have my name on it. Oh, God, there goes another half day as I find lost property and sort this out. And I discovered the lost property was 200 meters from where I was standing. So I whipped over, got my bag back, back in time for the hire car. Twice Qantas phoned me in my life. Story doesn't end there. I decide coming back from Melbourne that I'd be early at the airport. So I'm there really early, I'm sitting in the departure rounds, surrounded by people waiting for the plane to go, and because I'm early, I'm reading my book. Now all of a sudden, the phone goes, no caller ID. Hmm, okay, switch on. Hello, Mr. McKenzie, this is Qantas. Where are you? I said, I'm sitting in the lounge waiting to board. Well, Mr. McKenzie, your flight is fully boarded, we're just waiting for you, you best get your butt over here quickly, get on the plane and we can go. Three times in the space of three days. And as I got on the plane, as I sat down, I just felt Father say, point taken. <laughs> I'm involved, even if you don't feel it sometimes. I'm involved. I was um, at the evening service a few weeks ago, and just on the, pretty much on the same topic. Um, there was a young girl there, she was about 10, 11 years old, running around with her arm in a sling. Now, for me, that is a target. Healing must do it. But she's only 10, and I'm a lot older. Well, not in heart, maybe, but physically older, and it would have been inappropriate for me to go up to her and say, can I pray for your arm? Just wouldn't, you know. So I said to the Holy Spirit, I said, look, you know, girl there, arm in a sling, what can we do? And nothing happened. End service ends, prayer ministry ends, he's finished praying for somebody, and I'm walking away, and this girl comes up to me with her armless thing, munching on communion biscuits, and she starts yabbing away about communion biscuits. I couldn't hear a word she was saying. But I said, what happened to your arm? And she said, oh, I was swing dancing, and I've torn all the ligaments in it. 
And so how painful is that? Out of 10, you know, 1 to 10, 10's really painful, 1's nothing. She said, it's a 10. I said, okay. So I grabbed a couple of other girls and we prayed for her arm. Long story short, went from a 10 to a 3 to a 0. She threw this thing away and um, completely healed. Again, just the interaction with the Holy Spirit and with God. He wants that interaction in our lives. It's not, no, to be honest, it's not an everyday experience, it's not an everyday occurrence, but I think the more we incline our hearts to God and the more that we listen for him in our lives, the more he will do. I was um, taking up walking around Rolf Park. It's wonderful. I do about eight kilometers a day. And it's where I do my conversation with God a lot of the time. And I was praying for this morning's service and what Father wanted to say about 2019. And I heard him say he wanted the church and he wanted individuals to move in one of the gifts of the Spirit, which is really not talked about a lot and is forgotten. And I thought, great, we're going to do more healing, more tongues interpretation, because tongues and interpretation don't happen much in Australia. Uh, more, and he said, no. Oh, we're going to raise the dead then. That's going to be exciting. He said, no. He said, which one is it, Father? And he said, it's the supernatural gift of faith. Now, this isn't the saving faith that we live in, and it's not the faith that we live day by day in. It is anointing of faith for a special purpose which moves mountains and does dramatic things. It's one of the nine gifts listed in um, that book in the Bible, um, 1 Corinthians 12. It's faith to overcome. It's faith to do something which you think is absolutely impossible. Just a couple of examples of it. When I was young, girl, in fact, I'd just become a Christian. I was in a youth group. We had a couple of missionaries come. They were young people in mid-twenties, and they bought this old van. And it was an old van. It was a seven-and-a-half-ton box van, and it was old. It blew smoke out the back, and my mate was... Uh, an engineer, and he took it away and serviced it for them, and they gave it them back, and, and they were off to India in this van. And David said, he said, you know, they'll be lucky to get to Dover. And that was only 100 miles away. They disappeared off to India. They traveled around India for three to four years in this van, and they came back in this van. It had not broken down once. It had probably not been serviced once. And David took this van and he dismantled the engine. And he said, Harry, I've never seen anything like this. There is not a single sign of wear in any component of the engine. That is an outworking of supernatural faith. That is an outworking of this gift of the Holy Spirit, which goes above and beyond the faith that we normally walk in. Another extreme example is... Um, Again, when, I was, when I'd just become a Christian, there were a couple called Bert and Maud Laverick. They were in their 60s. In their late 50s, they sold their business, they sold their house, and they gave all their money away. And they lived by faith. They lived by God's provision on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, I'm not suggesting you try this, because if you get it wrong and the calling's not on your life to do it, it can be a disaster. But the calling was on God's life for these people. And they spent their lives smuggling Bibles into communist countries and smuggling Christians out. They told the story once of they just felt that God wanted them to go to the States. So they flew to Los Angeles. They had an apartment. 
They had, and they had no food and they had no money in this apartment. And they're sitting there saying, Father, why are we here? What's happening? And there was a knock on the door. And this woman came, she was a Roman Catholic, and she came this huge hamper of food and saying, God has told me to bring this to you, I don't know why, but here it is, God bless you. And from that engagement, they got involved in the Catholic Church over there, and they did huge things for six, nine months, and came back. Again, they lived from a place. You know, the gifts of the Spirit are given embryonically. That means that we have to practice them, to get used to them, to become proficient in them. When you first get healing, you might have a one in 10 success rate. But if you keep at it and do it, you know, hundreds of times, you might get up to 50, 60, 70%. In prophetic utterance, you know, you start and you sometimes get it completely wrong. Even after 20 years, you sometimes get it completely wrong. But you get better and better and better at it as it goes on. And the supernatural gift of faith is the same. I believe that in this church this morning, there are people with um, opportunities in your life that you feel God has put on your heart, but you cannot see any possible way of accomplishing it. And there are others amongst us who feel they're in a crisis, or there is a pending crisis, and you cannot see any way around it. One more story, a little bit more recent. A few, months, a few years ago, I was sharing an office with um, Soul Survivor and Matt Gelding. And one, one lunchtime, we're sitting there together, and the Soul Survivor main meeting is being held at Castle Hill in three days' time. And the council has said, no, you cannot put up the main meeting tent. Full stop. Now, it's really hard to run a sole survivor annual thing without the main meeting tent. And Matt and I are chatting about this, and, and as we were chatting and just kind of thinking about it, I, I just got this feeling of praying for him for this gift of supernatural faith. So I mentioned it to him, he said, yep, yeah, laid hands on him, prayed for him. Something happened, and by the end of the day, the situation was completely resolved. We had the tent. So I believe the people here this morning who need a touch of that gift. So I'm going to pray for us, if that's all right. To him that is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Holy Spirit, right now, I just ask that you would move through this room. Now, if you feel you need this gift, just open your heart for it and allow the Holy Spirit to plunk it in. Holy Spirit, I just ask that right now, through this room, for everybody who needs and who you want to call into moving in this gift, that you would just implant it in their hearts right now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, right now. Right now. Father, there's those people who can see crisis ahead and they don't know which way to turn. Bunk it in my heart, Lord. And there are those of us who see opportunity and we just don't know how to, how to get there or what to do. Holy Spirit, please just put that supernatural gift of faith in our hearts and teach us how to use it. Teach us how to use it, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
I really believe that Father wants the church as a community, as well as us as individuals, to begin to move in that and to see amazing things happen. I'm going to take you through a little exercise now. It's a little interactive exercise between you and God. And it's one that we did as a family, just um, day before yesterday, I think it was. And I found it extremely helpful. And again, it's thinking of 2019. And um, I just want you to stop and ask God for a word or a phrase for 2019. Now, when I did it, the word I got was new beginning. So I'm just going to give you 30 seconds, because two minutes is way too long. I'm going to give you 30 seconds just to ask God for a word or a phrase for 2019. Now the second part, there's only three questions. The second question I want you to just have a conversation with the other about is why. Again, when I did it, when I asked why, I've just come back from four years in Fiji. I've moved back home. Leaving Fiji and coming back has not been as easy as I thought it would be. My job in Fiji is finished, or my standing in Fiji is finished. I'm now back here. I'm back with my family. Um, I'm back. When I left, we had one church when I left. Two services. Now we've got three communities and three sets of pastors, and, you know, wow, it's changed. I'm at a crossroads. Re-entry's been hard. It's hard. And that's why God gave me those words, new beginnings. I want you to just now just spend a minute because 90 seconds is too long. A minute asking God why he gave you those words. Thank you, Jesus. I hope you appreciate the really simple slides. The final question in this little section is how. How are we going to get there? How are we going to do it? And again, for me, when I asked the how question, um, Having been away for four years for 90% of the time, and now I'm back, and Liz and I have got into routines of living without one another, and now we're back together, so we're going to do the marriage course again. Um, I need to sort out some financial stuff in the UK, and I'm considering doing a degree, a graduate degree in counselling, and maybe opening a counselling and prayer ministry practice. I have no idea what that would look like. It would actually be more prayer ministry and counselling, because I'm better at prayer ministry. don't really believe in counselling, but I know there's a valid place for it. But don't tell anybody I said that. Um, ask God how. And again, I'll give you 60 seconds-ish. I've got a stopwatch here. Look, I'll shut up. I hope you found that useful and that God put some things into your heart through it. And do feel free to share with your family and friends when you get home. I have one more question for you for 2019, for the start of 2019. Who do you need God to be for you at the start of 2019? I first came across this phrase from a chap called Graham Cook. And I actually didn't understand it and didn't really agree with it when I first heard it because I thought, God is everything to me. 
because I'm special. But then I realized that God has many things. He has many names. And the names of God reflect his nature. God's name, some of them, are Jehovah Jireh. He can't help but provide for us. Jehovah Rapha, he can't help but heal. Counselor, comforter, teacher, shepherd, father. What do you need God to be for you? Who do you need God to be for you? Which aspect of his nature, his character, do you need God to be for you for the first part of 2019? I say the first part because it might change as time goes on. When I got back from Fiji about a month ago, two months ago, I had a really unusual experience. I'm not an anxious person, and I've never really known anxiety. But 26, 27 years ago, just before we came to Australia, we went through a church split. And that was a cause of anxiety for me, which was quite intense. Prior to that, the time before that I felt anxiety was my first day at high school in year seven, as an 11-year-old, when I got into this fight with a year 10 student who started to pick on me, and we both ended up outside the headmaster's office with bloody noses and black eyes and not looking our best. This is day one at high school. It went downhill from there. Oh, no, no. Um, and I did feel a certain level of anxiety then because it was when capital punishment was still around. And, you know, I was expecting to get the cane. Um, I didn't. I got detention for the rest of the term, the rest of the term I think. Sorry, corporal punishment, yes, indeed. Um, and I did feel anxious then. But I'm generally not an anxious person. And when I came back from Fiji, um, my job had ended. We had no income. Um, I applied for 25, 30 jobs in one week. I got no response from 20 of them, and I got five Dear Johns, even though my name's Harry, from the other five. And I got turned down for a job I didn't even apply for. Now, now there's, you know, there's a message there, and I'm thinking, well, maybe I need to retire. Now, that, I, I honestly didn't believe we had anywhere near enough funds to retire. And this spirit of anxiety came and it grasped my heart. And it was a spiritual attack. It was, it, was, it was demonic. And for the first time in my life, I began to understand what it was for people to feel anxiety. And it took a good... I must have been hell to live with for that period of time. And it took a good two or three weeks for me to shift it and be able to put it down at the throne of God. And I needed in that time for God to me to me Jehovah Jireh. I needed him to be my provider, and I needed him to be my deliverer. And he was. And, you know, things are, there's still things in my life which, you know, you look at that map and all those wiggles and wiggles, there's still things there like that. And I need God for the first part of this year to um, be Jehovah Jireh and to be my shepherd 
because I, I actually, having come back after all this time in Fiji, to the three communities, I'm not quite sure where I fit in, you know? And I'm just struggling in that. And, and, I'm, and you know, Liz and I are struggling a little bit in our relationship, just to how we, we fit in and, and how we work things out together. And it's, it's not easy. And I need God to be Jehovah Jireh in my life at this moment in time. I need him to be my provider. All the other things, he still is, but those two things I need to come to the front. And my question for you now is, who do you need God to be to you for the, first, for the start of 2019? And to really seek that aspect of his nature. So again, I'm going to give you 16 seconds to just have that conversation with Father. All good, thank you. Let's pray together. And if you feel more comfortable standing with your hands out, your hands up, up in the air, lying down, sitting down, please get in the position you're most comfortable. If this was the evening service, I'd say if you wanted to do a handstand, go and do a handstand, but most of us are probably past that. I certainly am. Well, I tried it, and you know, it wasn't good news. It's just not a good place to be. Um, but just get in a position where you feel most comfortable in receiving from God. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would come now. Just come now, Holy Spirit, I pray. Touch our hearts and our lives. Touch our hearts and our lives. Touch us deeply, Lord. Touch us deeply. Just deeply, Jesus. Just have a picture. And it's a sense of a number of angels coming into the room. And they're going to each person, or to most of you, in fact. And they have in their hand a new journal. Maybe even a journal for me, that would be good. And it's in your favorite color, and it's soft bound leather. And it's got gold gilt edged pages. And as you open it, for some of you, the first page is blank. And there's a heavenly Mont Blanc pen there. And God is taking your hand in his hand. And he's saying, now is the time to start writing a new story. Now we're going to write a new story. And for some of us, we're halfway through the journal. And he's turned the page, and there's a blank page. And he's taking your hand in his hand and saying, now, let's continue that story. Let's continue that story. Let's have a new adventure. A new adventure. New things. And as, as he's given you that journal, I, I, I also see that he has a card with it. And in the card there is a new vision. For some it's a brand new vision and a new hope that you've never had before. And for some it's a revitalization or a reawaking of a dream that you've held and it's kind of slipped away. And he's saying, I just want to revitalize that dream. I want to bring that dream alive again. I want to bring that dream alive again.
Thank you, Jesus. There's more of your presence, Lord. More of your presence in this room now. More of your presence. More of your presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. For some of you, you feel like, you know, the, the picture of the wiggles and the squiggles might not fit exactly, but you feel like you're in a mist or a fog and you're not quite sure where to go. Be assured that Father is standing beside you. Be assured he's standing beside you. I just ask that that wind of the Holy Spirit would just clear that mist and that fog right now in Jesus' name. That that confusion would lift off you right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.